In this episode of Double DM, we talk player agency and especially what it means to give agency to your players. We talk about the different ways we as DMs already give agency to our players and how we can make sure to never restrict our players' agency again. We also ask if there is something as too much agency towards the end of this episode, but most of the episode is filled with advice and insight on how to preserve player agency and create a fun and collaborative storytelling experience. Now for some announcements. Why Your World Matters comes out this Wednesday. The 6th of April is when the world building panel finally drops people. It finally is here and you all can enjoy it in your feeds once again. If you don't know what Why Your World Matters is though, let me catch you up. It's a discussion much like every episode of this show but on a bigger scale with five different creators joining Sage, our panel host, to discuss world building and creative writing with the goal of making it all more approachable and encouraging you to write for yourself. So that comes Wednesday, be hyped for it, go check our Twitter to see the announcements when it goes live. It's gonna be there forever, I hope. In other news, we have crossed over the 4,700 Twitter follower mark and wow, we wanted to say thank you to you all for supporting the show and us in this project and all of the stuff we do and it's incredible to see that people still like us after even a full year of doing this and yeah. <laughs> and who knows, if we hit 5,000, there might be a special surprise coming. Anyway, enough of this, now enjoy episode 61 of Double DM about player agency. Hello and welcome back to Double DM. With me, as usual, is my lovely co-host Emil. How are you today? I'm doing fine. It's been a pretty okay morning, um, pretty okay week so far. I'm hyped for next week though. Hell yeah. Next week, Tuesday. I love it. Can't wait. <laughs> Literally, Specifically, can't wait. I like Tuesday, but only Tuesday. Yeah, uh, next week I finally get to DM once again in my life i've been out of the chair for three and a half weeks now okay next tuesday is finally next session and then on sunday is the next session nice. so yeah and obviously the it's been a pretty okay week was a big fucking lie from me so sorry people for lying to you because obviously it's been one of the best weeks ever mm -hmm. because i finally signed my leasing contract meaning I, starting April 1st, which is tomorrow at the state of recording, owning an apartment. Or, well, not owning, but leasing an apartment. Congratulations for finding one, especially here <laughs> in Berlin. This especially be, here. This can be quite a shit show sometimes. Yeah, it's been a, it was private from the get-go, I think. Um, so, I knew the previous tenants, so it was pretty easy to say, hey, wanna recommend me? And I did to our landlord and, well... Uh, he said, cool, you're a student, you study something that is incredibly uh, profitable. Sure, I want you in this home. Like, yeah, but without perfect, without something like that, knowing tenants or landlords, it can be difficult. Oh, it's nearly impossible to find someone. Then. Yeah, especially as a student in Berlin, because the market for this sort of stuff here is just crazy. It It, it is Housing markets in, in every major city are a complete mess because, yeah. well, too many people, too little places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm happy that I found it. Now Now it's actually getting, obviously, into the place, which probably takes about three weeks from this point, I guess. Mm -hmm. Three weeks is the rough estimate on when I get to finally be in my own space for an extended period of time, which is very fun because on the 10th of April, which is way before those um before those three weeks probably would have ended so meaning that i probably won't be able won't be moved in at that point i'm having a dnd session <laughs> in that home <laughs> nice dnd some pizza some snacks and nice. good fun time dnd in that place i don't even know if it has at that point if it has internet at that point mm. but i don't need it to play dnd yeah. players don't need it to play dnd that's the beauty of it you can play it basically everywhere as long as you got some dice and those are brought by the players anyway so Nils, to recap the week instead of looking forward how was your week yeah it was pretty amazing By i had start. an 
awesome session in a in my Curse of Strahd campaign. Mm -hmm. It is the sixth session now, and we finally kicked off multiple plot points at once, or mm -hmm. got at least multiple plot hooks. Mm -hmm. And now we are trying to investigate multiple at the same time, kind of. Mm -hmm. And it is filled with awesome roleplay, awesome character interactions, and all the good stuff. And my character just found out he has a brother without him knowing mm -hmm. you probably didn't know about this right <laughs> <laughs> well if i'm honest yes i knew that Obviously and i knew it for some time now yeah what you don't know is what's happening and i love it <laughs> yeah of course i don't know what's happening but that's why I'm. Uh, that's what I'm there to find out. And I'm planning multiple things for un oh, for coming sessions. I was in world building mode right now, mm -hmm. building the major settlements, big cities, and stuff for the countries or continents my players are in right now. Because sometimes I DM on the lowest resolution setting or render distance, if you <laughs> might say. I mean, as long as you put the bricks. So your players can see the bricks, but not what's behind the bricks. Everything is fine. Yeah, exactly. But now that they are, uh, one group is now settled in, or more or less settled in one of the bigger settlements. So I need to mm. kind of refine that to yeah. make it feel alive. Mm. And the other one, the other group is just traveling around the whole country. Mm. So I need some bigger things or more worked out things in multiple different locations to make the world feel alive there in right now. Mm -hmm. so that's okay. what i was doing okay yeah i i well the game we're playing comes out one week after this episode goes live so if my players are listening which they probably aren't don't listen to the next stuff but for for our game on, on next sunday i prepared right my players were following the trail of some snake-like lady Mm -hmm. some snake person into the mountains and to a temple they don't know what she wants there they know what they want there which is stopping her from doing whatever she does because she releases demon ghosts into the world with it very scary very bad <laughs> yeah that, that doesn't sound good i finally cracked uh some of my um prep block just a few days ago about this because they are in this valley, right? And I was like, okay, what's this valley supposed to be? And if you know the five-room dungeon layout, right? The first room is the entrance with the guardian inside, right? The, how, how do you get into the dungeon and what's guarding the dungeon? And I decided this valley in the mountains is the actual entrance room to the dungeon, meaning mm -hmm. there is a guardian in there. Well, there are three guardians in there. And since it's a snake-themed adventure, snake-like themed dungeon... I placed three separate different Medusa in that valley Ooh. for them to interact with. Ooh, interesting, interesting. And I, I made them all kind of different. So one of them is this very vicious and fierce, kind of host very hostile towards them Medusa. That's probably be the, gonna be the one that's actually right in front of the entrance so i don't think that's gonna be common because my players are probably gonna run from her first and she has two sisters and the sisters are other medusa one of them is a little bit more crazy i made three different personalities for these so they all feel unique and my players have a unique opportunity to engage with them and learn about the history of this place because that was one of their side quests you could say because when they help the academy figure out how these demon ghosts can be um, dispelled and banished the academy said why don't we work together we want to know what's in these dungeons and we want to know about the history of the world you go out there help us find that knowledge stop that person and we will pay for all your expenses and mm -hmm. give you items and all of that stuff the partnership and my players agreed so it's their side quest is to find out what happened to these to this ancient race that is now extinct of snake people and that's what they're there to do and it seems that there are three people from the snake race that are still alive so better talk to them or try to talk to them or find out something from them i thought the best way was to basically force them into the valley well not force them right i they, their way is into the valley because they want to get go to the dungeon which is in the valley but they can't get into the dungeon until they meet the medusa and talk to them mm -hmm. and yeah that's pretty much where i'm at and now i just need to put out their combat strategies a bit so what, what they would do in combat or how they would fight where they would fight the environment they are in and the general areas they 
reside in and i made the valley basically a prison and this mm -hmm. is where the, where the funny part comes in these medusa have been kind of banished out of the tribe of snake people that they were part of that they were uh, that the dungeon they are guarding by their mother and the mother basically forced them to be the eternal guardians of the secrets of their people okay and that curse kind of cursed the whole valley so if you're in the valley you can't get out anymore it's like a time capsule where you, when you go in you're never gonna get out mm -hmm. except you know how to break the curse no one does yet Obviously, my players are going to figure that probably out because it would, be, it would suck to have them in that snake valley forever. But it's going to be very fun to force them to interact with the Medusa and maybe free some of them or kill all three. I don't know. Let them interact and see how they do. But they need to open the dungeon door. And how they do that, well, I don't know. Let them figure that out. So oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So pretty hyped actually for that session. I can see why. And I'm hyped to hear about it. I want mm -hmm. to know everything that happened. I don't know if you have anything else to discuss today. If not, well, people, then we will hear from you. And then you will hear from us again after a short break. See you then. If you like what you are hearing, then why not give us a follow on the platform you are listening to us right now. And why not also give us a 5-star rating and review on Spotify, iTunes or any other platform you choose to listen to us. If you wish to book ad slots that play instead of this pre-recorded audio in the episode, contact us on Twitter about our current available advertisement plans and prices. And with that, back to the episode. And with that, welcome back to the episode about player agency and first of all as always let's define what we're talking about <laughs> what is agency to start with so as every time what is what right so the definition of agency is a business or organization providing a particular service on behalf of another business person or group <laughs> <laughs> no okay <laughs> sorry everyone obviously that's not it because we're talking about agency in TTRPG sense. And even though that might apply to some people playing business TTRPGs, it doesn't apply to all TTRPGs. So especially the question with agency is what I always ask myself is why do we play games? Well, we play them to have fun, right? But there's very different types of fun when it comes to games. Even if we just stay in the world of games, because there's video games. Those force you to play by the rules because you can't physically break the rules of the game even cheat codes only work if the game allows them to yeah so there's no agency you maybe you can take actions and dialogue options and whatnot all but the game has every path planned has every path described to you obviously it has to because it's a code it's numbers they need to be cohesive but then there are board games which also have rules but no one can stop you from breaking them but that's also not agency now we come to the ttrpg part which is why we play ttrpgs i feel like agency that's one of the the big reasons why people play because it allows them to take infinite different actions that allow them to influence what they're in what they're part of so agency is after textbook definition also next to the business definition an action or an intervention producing a particular effect mm -hmm. so well, the question becomes what does that mean right it doesn't really say anything but that's where the player side comes in what is player agency in ttrpgs well so player agency in ttrpgs for me is the player's ability ability to take actions to intervene and interact with the world to influence the world to achieve a particular outcome with one addendum here is that the players taking the action to achieve the outcome and achieving the outcome are two separate things players yeah. can take an action to achieve a certain outcome but as ttrpgs work with dice or whatever resolution mechanic you have the mechanic then saying well no you don't you tried the uh, the ability to try that is agency not the achieving is the agency the achieving yeah. is the reward for trying Basically having the control over their own actions and decisions having consequences however they may resolve mm -hmm. yeah and uh, you, you mentioned player agency but are there any other types of agency in a ttrpg setting huh, yeah I, I talked to you about this point especially because i believe that there are different types of agencies here and now right player agency being probably the most important it's the most important because the players at the table and are there to have fun but the gm is also there and i believe that the gm also has some sort of agency in the game you're allowed 
allowed to do stuff yourself. You don't have to always do what your players want. Obviously, this can lead to a conflict, but sometimes you as a GM need to take action yourself. That is not prompted by the players, and that is GM agency. Yeah. But I could also see that there is something like the like a world agent, like a setting agency. The the in-game playground doing something that prompts both GM and players to react. Sure, it could be also considered GM agency as well, because the GM makes the action to take the world action. But there are also games that say the world does this no matter what the GM says. Maybe that also, right? Those two overlap, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit fictional now here, because I, I don't want to define those terms as well, because we won't talk about them today. But just bear in mind that there are different agencies than just player agency. And I think there's also something like games or rules agency, that the rules of the game, they right? The most important part, I feel always like people, you need to remember the rules of the games you play still matter in some ex to some extent. They oh, yeah. are the play, they are the basis of play. If you disregard the rules, why do you take the why do you even have the rules in the first place? Exactly. Sure. You can always say, well, this rule doesn't work for our table, it would destroy our fun. Sure, write that out. It's okay. But if you play Dungeons and Dragons, but play it like you play Pathfinder, I'm asking you why you don't play Pathfinder. Yeah, there, there needs to be some sort of base construct where you are playing in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because if it isn't there then you don't play that specific game mm -hmm. you're just telling a story or playing a whole different game without actually or officially playing the game the only thing that's keeping you from playing the game is you admitting that you're playing the game exactly i always hear i've never played the game myself so i can't comment on this with full expertise but i've had a lot of people say a lot of people play have a lot of things in their D&D games that make that kind of make them want to play Dungeon World instead, which is kind of D&D powered by the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, right, the only thing that's keeping these people from playing Dungeon World is them saying we play Dungeons and Dragons. If they would just cha change and say we play Dungeon World now and then play the Dungeon World rules, everything would be fine. Yeah, that, that's, the, the, that's the only step you need to take if you change the game completely. But I think there's something like rules agency, for example, uh, that every creature gets an opportunity attack in D&D. It's a bad example, but it says so in the rules. So if you move out of um, creatures uh, range and all the rules that say it can make an opportunity attack say it can make an opportunity attack, you get an opportunity attack. No questions asked. That's rules. But I think that rules agency isn't a topic for a whole episode. DM and world agency might be, however. Oh yeah, there, there's all of these topics we kind of touch on in the beginning and the definition phase always could lead to opening a whole box of Pandora, basically. Mm -hmm. So we won't do that now. We touched them, but we didn't open the box yet. So let's keep on going. And then let's start with the player agency thing we want to discuss today. What does it mean to give your players agency? Okay, so the thing is about agency, it goes back to what I said in the beginning of this episode. Hey, we play these games for fun. We play these games to, to experience some kind of free will, which video games don't give us and board games aren't intricate enough to give. So we experience these games to be able to take actions that actually mean something. Mm -hmm. Right? And what does it mean to give your players agency is to, especially as a GM, let control go. Yeah. That's the first thing you can think about. That's what it means. But that's not all, right? There is something missing there because not only does it mean you letting your control go because it's not, not an equal exchange necessarily. Just because you give 20% of your control away doesn't mean your players have 20% of the control now. What it actually means to give your players agency is to that they feel that they have agency. Not that you say you give them agency, mm -hmm. but that your players feel the agency. That is what it means to give your players agency. Yeah, they need to feel the impact of their actions. They need to feel that whatever they are choosing is making is actually making a change yeah. into whatever they might wanted it to be and whatever it might have become. Because as we already said, having agency over your actions doesn't mean actually getting the outcome you wanted because of some sort of resolution mechanic didn't work out or worked out in a different way or whatever. Mm -hmm. The meaning of giving away agency really is about your players 
feeling like they matter, feeling like their actions matter. And that's not just by giving away agency, but it's achieved through that. Yeah. And I think this kind of ties into things why you need agency in your game, at least mm -hmm. to some extent, mm -hmm. because this is the reason why we come and play TTRPGs, to have agency, to have mm. things matter. And if we have the feeling that our actions do matter and impact the world, it kind of engages us as players or interests mm. us or it keeps us invested in the world and in the story we are all telling together. Mm. I mean, the thing is of why, for example, I come to a table as a player or as a GM even is to get an experience I can get nowhere else. And I think that's why, for example, people go do a lot of stuff, right? You go somewhere to experience something you can't experience somewhere else. That's why I take the journey to 25 minutes to go to my friend's house and play with him. That's the reason why I travel 30 minutes to one of my friends, my other friends' houses to play this game. Or that's why some of my players travel nearly an hour to get to my table to play the game. They can't get that experience somewhere else. Exactly. Sure, they could go to a different game master and all of that stuff, but generally we, why people are drawn to TTRPGs is because they provide a unique experience that they can't experience somewhere else. Video games and, and, and board games and movies and let's say also music can't give you the same experience TTRPGs can. That's just a single fact you can't dispute. Yeah. And part of that experience for me is agency. Part of that feeling, part of that experience for me is the freedom to do something which I know in other places wouldn't work because someone else had a vision for this that just does not align with my own. If I go to see a movie, I'm not going into the movie to think about how I would have done it better or how I would have made the movie. I, I go to the movies to see a specific person, a director or a writer, and maybe also an actor's vision of a product, of a thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going there to, to make my own. And TTRPGs are the medium where I go to make my own. And oh, if I yes. realize that making my own story or my own path, forging my own path, doesn't work. I'm out of there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of the meaning of, of agency for me. It's one of the reasons why I play. Obviously, I go to tables because of my friends that are there, because it's a great time, because I get to do something fun. But it's fun because I have the agency. So, and th that's also why you need it, right? It's the, the, the you need it. So the experience of playing TTRPGs is actually there because otherwise it wouldn't be. Exactly. Kind of at least. I don't know, are there any other reasons why you need agency, Niels? As a GM or from a G GM perspective, I think it keeps you on your toes a bit mm -hmm. because it just doesn't allow you to just write a book. You have to react or your world has to react through you to the actions your players are taking. Mm -hmm. And it kind of forces you to improvise and adapt to things that have happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a good way to keep your world and your game as a whole feel more organic and more alive because it reacts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously with that giving influence over your world and over the story to your players, at least to some degree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. We also had the question written down, so why is agency good? And obviously we also answered that already too. But Niels, when I'm saying agency is good, or when you're saying that, what does that mean? <laughs> it, it just allows us to have this whole opportunity and experience to play. Mm -hmm. Without player agency, it wouldn't be possible to play any of these types of games. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it's good to have agency and needed to give agency to your players to be able to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, right, we talked about that it's part of the TTRPG experience to be able to forge your own path, to be able to not play along a certain streamline and just do whatever you want. Right. And it's good to to have that agency um, and, and it's good. A agency as a whole is good because it's the catalyst of the game or yeah. of the games. If you don't have agency, the game will eventually feel bad for the players. Yeah. Granted, some DMs are very good at masking player agency with fake player agency, giving their players the opt the, the feeling of agency while not giving them the agency they actually have. And, mm -hmm. but I don't want to say it's bad to sometimes have 
the illusion of choice or fudging dice or whatever I want to say. I'm not, I'm not here to make absolute statements about these things, but I'm saying that the most important part, or, or one part is agency needs to happen. Mm. So the thing with agency is, and why it is good, is that it provides a feeling of, right, that, that actions matter, that players and the characters they play matter but it also provides a feeling of actually just yesterday i asked a question on twitter but we're recording this on thursday the 24th of march i asked the question on twitter, what is tabletop role playing anyway it was a fun post but someone made a good comment that it's shared storytelling hmm. agency is the catalyst of that shared storytelling oh yeah because if your players don't have agency they're not telling a story with you they are playing characters in your story they are playing them granted they are playing the main protagonists in your story and, and the thing i'm seeing is one of the things we said always was your players aren't just the main characters and actors they are part of the writer's room as well oh, they yeah. are writing the story with you if you pull them out of that writer's room and just make them actors in your game that could be fun for them and for your table that is totally fine i'm not saying that you always have to consult your players or have your players be influential in every single situation sometimes it's okay to tell your players no this is something you have to do now because the game tells you to or because i tell you to obviously I'm not saying that it's okay to just force your players to do something, but remember that it's not about absolutes here. One of the most important things I've ever heard for TTRPGs is that it's bad to do anything in absolutes. Yeah. The thing is that it's okay to sometimes take your players on a tight leash, sometimes to let them lose completely and play everything. You need to balance all of that stuff. And I, I, I think pe when people say this is the only way to play in whatever way or shape or form they do that, they say that, it could be that they are just saying... This is the best way to play. Or that they are masking it with, no, I think that is bad what you're doing. I mean, it's an opinion, but still, it, it, it shows your intent of my style is better. I think my style of play is better. That is just the same as saying this is better than the other. That's also just an opinion. So this shared storytelling is so important. And I think a lot of people describe TTRPGs that way because... That's the experience they want. They want, when they are a player, to create a character or several characters maybe in a world created by someone or everyone at the table to have a fun game, to have a fun story, to have an amazing story, to just experience something on that playground provided by the rules and the world with their characters. And I think the word playground is more and more better. And I, I have to praise myself here a little bit. Sure, go ahead. My world, D&D 5e setting I'm not writing for publication, but writing for my own home game, is called Min. And from the beginning, I said Min is the primordial world for playground. And now, think about playgrounds for a minute. Every one of us has probably been on a playground before. Everyone's listening to this. Niels, you have been to a playground. I have been to playgrounds as a kid. Doesn't mean the last time you've been to playgrounds, whatever. But thinking about playgrounds, when you're a kid at a playground, what do you do? Don't say have fun. <laughs> this is the goal of doing something having fun but it mm -hmm. is not what i'm doing yeah i am sitting on a swing or rolling down a small hill or what the fuck ever is doable climbing there. something on a slide right on a seesaw whatever there are many different options and yeah that's the thing i'm not talking about a full sandbox game right there's it's okay to not have a full sandbox game but just a semi sandbox game or whatever but the playground provides you with a lot of different options and you get to choose which option you want to engage with I'm not feeling like swimming today, so I'm going to go climbing on the climbing wall or whatever. Or I'm going to go to the seesaw and have fun there. You put a kid on a playground and it's going to have fun for one or two hours. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it depends on who you are with. But we all we all played pretend in our uh, back in the days. Yeah. And this is basically a TTRPG without rules. It's just pretend. an evolved form of that. Exactly. TTRPGs are just an evolved form of kids on the playground. Mm -hmm. uh, it has rules to providing a fairness to the game, providing a guideline to the game. It has the players 
creating their own adventures and not just adventures in the type of D&D, but generally just stories, what they want to do. And you have the playground providing something. Granted, you have the DM who kind of ties everything together, in my opinion. He ties together player actions with the interaction of that world, right? The, the player says, I want to swing. Then the DM says, okay, you swing. And the world, the swing in that instance, swings then. And the GM is the person that facilitates the players being able to interact with that swing. Exactly. And that's what agency is. <laughs> I love this metaphor, but I have to push us forward, Niels. So that is kind of why it's good, needed, and the meaning behind agency. Those three things kind of intertwine completely to this last thing about the playground. So, Niels, I have talked way too much already. <laughs> I could have shut, shut up for the whole episode and... I would still probably be at 55% talking time. Probably. So we've written down another question. What does agency consist of? Oh, yeah. This is a big one, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because there are multiple different ways and things you can do to give your players agency. And let's start, let's break it down a bit to see what you can do and what components there are to player agency. The first thing I noted was foreseeability. Mm -hmm. Meaning that your players are able to see options or decisions that can be made. That doesn't mean they have to be made, but that there are multiple paths that they could be choosing to go, just having the ability to see them. Not maybe having the ability to act on them yet, but this comes in the next part of what it consists of. That would be the ability, being able to use the paths that they see to their best opinion or to their best judgment. Mm -hmm. Because using resources or going a different direction or whatever options you have in your TTRPG that can lead to different decisions and actions being made is basically the ability to use those actions, which is another big thing that needs to be had for player agents. Not just seeing them, but being able to act on them. Then the desirability, having a desire to take a specific action from one of those options mm -hmm. that there is, that can be based on, on a multitude of different motivations. Whether you just want to win something or defeat others, make aesthetic changes or whatever it is you want, there needs to be some sort of motivation to take a specific path or a specific, specific action mm -hmm. that you can then act upon with the resources or materials or the abilities you have. And it mm -hmm. kind of needs to connect to the observations and information that your players or the characters gathered and the feedback you as a dm or as the world give your players during their information gathering stage mm -hmm. basically giving them information or giving them resources that they can later use to act upon a specific action that they want to take that they saw and decided to go that route mm -hmm. and then concluding all of this with the awareness part they need to feel mm -hmm. that this action that they took with all the resources that they spent on it with the desire they had mattered in some way, shape or form. If it came to the conclusion they wanted it to or not is on a whole different page, but there needs to be this feeling that whatever they did led to whatever happened, even though if it was not the thing that they wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a very good breakdown of what agency is, right? It now gives us cornerstones we can kind of tick to see if our players have agency but obviously that is only one part of the equation yeah they're, they're, they're kind of is missing okay how do you actually enable these things right you can say okay i need to have several options for my players but just the fact of providing options for your players does not mean they have agency exactly the fact that they can choose which option to take does not mean they have agency because you could have still planned every single branch you present to your players with stuff real agency kind of comes from them taking an action you haven't prepared yeah now you could prepare your game that type of style that all actions are prepared that your players can take and that's kind of let's call it the dream Mm -hmm. When you are prepared for everything or not prepared for everything, but if you're ready for everything, because right, ready to improvise and not having everything prepared, kind of the same here, doesn't matter. So the thing becomes, what are some actionable things you can do to give your players actual agency? First of all, the big thing that you always should do, not just for player agency, but in general, respect your players at your table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It's respecting your players. It sounds so easy but it isn't that simple sometimes because it mm -hmm. comes in a lot of forms 
it's not just being a respectful person at the table. It means respecting everything. It means not disregarding their input for your game. The feedback, right? Recall to our feedback episodes, you need to respect them. You need to incorporate their feedback. If it doesn't get respected, your players will know that their feedback doesn't matter to you. Exactly. And this exactly ties into the, one of the other things you could do. Tailor the game specifically to your players. Mm -hmm. Talk to them during your feedback and tailor the game to what they want to do. Mm -hmm. I believe right here, that's the thing of it doesn't mean that the game needs to revolve around your players. The world is still moving around them and can still do stuff. But small things can make a lot of impact to tell your players this game is specifically for you and your characters. Oh, yeah. That can be a small loot item made perfectly for one character. Or that could be backstories are one of the great examples as well oh yeah backstories are a great way to your players give you some kind of backstory and you incorporate that in some way that means tailoring your game to your players yeah or creating situations where specific characters can shine through some abilities of theirs mm -hmm. gives them options not enforcing those situations but providing them yeah because they can choose to just disregard that and do something else but they have the ability to act upon a specific way from a desired standpoint with their abilities that just they can do. Mm. No one else at the table or maybe in the world of yours could do that. Just them. And this gives them feeling of impact, grounding them into the world setting. It just keeps them engaged and it just gives agency to players to choose to take that route. Not forcing them to take that route, but giving them the ability to act upon that. And with that, you can't always plan everything and you shouldn't because that again takes away agency to some degree you need to be re ready or prepared to improvise mm -hmm. we talked about this how you could prepare yourself to improvise better already but prepare yourself to be ready to improvise on the things your players want to do mm -hmm. mid-session decisions can be a lot of fun for whatever reason your players choose to do something that you have not foreseen because players will always find stuff that you will never be able to foresee. Mm. And then reacting to this with, impro uh, with improvisation gives the players the feeling that they have impact on whatever they are doing. Mm -hmm. It is not predetermined what they need to do or what they are doing is not written in stone. Mm -hmm. Like you said, right, we've talked about how to prepare for improvisation or to make sure that because improvising can be hard and scary sometimes. And to those people that say it isn't, fuck you, it is. If you're kind of scared to improvise, prepare how to improvise. There are great guides that we have our, epi our episode on it is great. And uh, just think about how how to improvise how what do you need to improvise stuff and it might at the beginning might be much but at the if you if you try to and learn and improve it's gonna be less and less and less over time so with this improvisation stuff is one so important part for me in ttrpgs is planning needs to work now the thing is what my big problem for example is when i have a plan for something and it can be the craziest plan ever and my dm goes that's never gonna work thank you i uh, made that I, I i had fun coming up with that plan and you tell me it doesn't work so i wasted my time making that plan yeah. that's all you tell me it's okay to say that a plan is hard it's a that physically something in that plan isn't possible in your world right if, if my plan is to catch lightning in a bottle and i'm just saying i start holding the bottle to the sky you as the dm can say okay but how do you expect the lightning to hit you right yeah that doesn't mean my plan isn't working that is trying to make my plan actually work you're helping mm. me in that but telling me that will never work will just mean that everything i did that, that kind of gives me a signal of you're bad at this don't try again it prevents me from making future plans that could be very good and that's why i why i like the phrase you can most certainly try mm -hmm. in those situations because it doesn't say that this plan will fail it says there is a possibility that it can succeed however slim that possibility is but there is a way that what you want to do can happen and you can't really determine the outcome because there are too many factors involved but you can still try to execute the plan to your to your best ability mm -hmm. so whatever crazy plan people come up with they can try to execute on it yeah and i mean the more crazy the plan kind of is i'm not saying break your game 
for this, for the crazy plans. If, if a crazy plan really has that very slim chance of working, then make it that slim chance. If it pays off, your players are going to be more excited. If it doesn't pay off, your players are going to have an expected response to it. Yeah. So it could be the craziest plan. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a plan that my players once had that was so crazy that I said, okay, try it. Let's see if it works. But I'm coming up short right now. Oh, yeah. Sure. My players had a very crazy idea once that was kind of way too weird. But in the Horde of the Dragon Queen module, in the second chapter, you were supposed to infiltrate a camp of cultists mm -hmm. and raiders. And it was said in the module that there is high towers up on the cliffs above the, the camp. My players set one of that towers on fire to create the biggest diversion ever with that tower crashing into the camp. Oh, damn. Now, I could have just said, okay, that's never gonna work. But that's boring. Yeah. They set the thing on fire and created the biggest diversion. It didn't achieve the effect that they wanted to achieve of luring out the cultist leaders because they didn't give a fuck mm -hmm. about that uh, about that tower burning on top because it also didn't fall into the camp, but it just burned down. But it created the biggest diversion for them to actually be able to then sneak in. Their mm -hmm. plan didn't succeed, but I made, but but I still let them do it because yeah. it would still have an impact. Yeah, it's the same. It's the thing with having the agency and desiring an outcome and mm -hmm. not getting that outcome. You still had the agency to do that. Your plan didn't work, but you still executed that plan. Now the cool thing for that becomes is why I loved it so much is think how did they set that thing on fire with a create bonfire cantrip oh damn okay they used a single cantrip they used nothing virtually nothing to pull off this plan i could have just said that's never gonna work with the create bonfire cantrip because i want them to drain resources for this or whatever no, of, co of course it would work of course it would work there's a fire and there's a there's there's something made of wood Obviously, yeah, it would work. Exactly. As long as it's not made from stone or metal. If it is made from wood, a bonfire would set it on fire. It mm -hmm. might take some time, but it still would set it on fire. Yeah. And now I know this is not the best example for this, really. But that's also because I didn't prepare an example for this, which I probably should have. This just shows when your players come up with a plan to you, it's okay to think to yourself, how is that going to work? But you're not allowed to speak out loud that it's not going to work. Because that just projects to your players, your creativity means nothing. Yeah. And even if that plan doesn't work and, and fails, that's okay. Your players are not interested in always succeeding. And I think that's where actually this message comes from. That's never going to work because you think to yourself, my players want to succeed in their plan. So I'm telling them this won't succeed so you don't fail. But why would you keep your players from failing? Why you don't do it? Yeah. It Let is... them fail if it has to be. It's not teaching them a lesson if they mm -hmm. fail. It's about making sure that their actions matter once again. Yeah, I, I as well ha don't have a specific example of one of my groups of some sort of plan. But I kind of like it when players come up with a crazy idea mm -hmm. or a plan that would be awesome, heroic, badass when it works, but hilariously funny when it fails. And then at first I would be like, oh no, if that fails, it would be all the kind of different consequences mm -hmm. but it kind of is hilarious and then i go like oh yeah do it please <laughs> please go ahead i want this awesome moment either you being total badasses and just raising everything just demolishing any encounters to come because of one awesome moment or creating fun other encounters because of that plan failing mm -hmm. it's just an awesome situation to be in Mm -hmm. You have to be on your toes and be ready to improvise, as we said. But it can be so much fun to be in those situations. Mm -hmm. One other thing that you need to do is don't metagame as a GM. Because that is a thing as well. Because not every NPC, not every entity in your game or in your world knows everything the way you do. Because mm -hmm. there is still an information flow to some extent. There are entities that know more. Or there are ways to find out information that you want to know. But... That doesn't mean they always have these information at the ready. One of the best examples of not meta gaming is one of my GMs. Actually, my first GM has several times now ha was very conflicted in this, actually, when we as the players came up with a plan because he didn't want to hear what we were planning. So he couldn't physically and mentally as a person prepare for it. It, it wouldn't have been a possibility. But also, mm -hmm. obviously, he has to listen in to give his insights as well. For example, as right 
not not the that will never work thing, but obviously saying, okay, but how do you intend to do that? Right? You you're kind yeah. of skipping a step here. And I I've seen him conflicted several times with that decision. Do I now leave or do I do I sit here and let them explain stuff and then give my input as well as to how that would work and what they could do better and whatnot all. And that shows me as a person, as a player at the table, that he actually doesn't want to intervene, that he doesn't want to meta game. And that's yeah. very important. That that action alone shows me as a player that he cares about our agency. Yeah, because that disconnect can be hard sometimes if you know the plan of your players. It can be hard not to keep that in mind when controlling your NPCs. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard. It, it's really, really hard to keep that disconnect. One thing is obviously we talked about agency and how do you give it to your players, what it is and how it, what it consists of and, and all of that stuff. And, and people I think have a good image now of agency and how to give it. But now there's the inverse of everything. What happens if you take it away? It depends on how much you take away. If you, But in general, the fun at the table goes down. The engagement or the investment from your players into your world and your story is going down and that can lead to players leaving the table and the game falling apart mm. but if you just take little bits of agency away nothing really the thing of taking agency away is uh, how do you do it obviously right i'm not say, i'm not here to, to give you advice on how to take agency away because of what we said agency is important and you shouldn't take it away but there, there are different approaches to it sometimes it could be that your players just come up with a plan that cannot physically work because there are rules in the game that prevent it there are things in the game that prevent it right what happens if you inverse the steps we just talked about well crazy plans not working sure that that's fine sometimes that that's okay at some point there are limits mm -hmm. come from the game the world or even the way the players player characters normally would work you can't you can say that is something your player character just can't do period it's yeah. Sure, you should let plans go through and the dice are there to actually resolve resolve that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's okay to, to take a step back and tell your players, maybe try a different approach. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying it's very important to never say that won't work. But if they, you have a good reason why it won't work, explain that to your players and that will make them adapt their plans. That is yeah. still an agency, but it also takes away agency in that first plan. But it yeah, doesn't really take away agency away. So that is good. Yeah, you kind of still need to put constraints in some way, shape or form on your players while still giving them enough player agency to feel the impact. Mm -hmm. Completely and th th correct. And that, that is a balancing act you need to find through mm -hmm. just playing. It, it is it's something you need to learn by doing it because it, there's no definite way to say this is an this is too much taking player agency away and this is not enough taking player agency away it is adaptable or you need to adapt it to the specific situation you're in yeah and constraints spark imagination like crazy mm -hmm. if you are for example a player character is bound by shackles in a dungeon and they need to get out they have a specific amount of resources to what extent ever available this is something that this is a constraint you put on your players but they still have options to choose and to do which is giving player agency to your players they have options and resources that they can use without having or without doing everything and you have no control over anything there needs to be a framework of some kind mm -hmm. be able to play the game because if there are no constraints no rules or whatever you wouldn't need a gm or you wouldn't play a game you would just tell a story with friends which is totally fine but not a ttrpg per se mm -hmm. exactly so Niels, i want to ask you is there something as to too much agency having too much agency a, a bit kind of regarding to the last point i made mm -hmm. if there is too much of a or too less of constraints or rules or whatever you wouldn't be playing a ttrpg you wouldn't mm -hmm. need a gm you wouldn't need rules or any sort of written story or you wouldn't need any plot hooks because your players could just say yeah i want to do that period and they would do it so you need to put some limitations 
Uh. on the game itself to give player agency to your players to make it fun for everyone. I have a good example of this because I, in one of my feedback sessions, one of my players, one of my players approached me and said, I have a problem that I don't know what to do. I don't feel like there's enough direction for something. And that is taking, and that is asking me to take a little bit of agency away because the game intent was kind of, I'll give you a world, I'll give you a lot of plot hooks, choose whichever. And he was like, okay, I can't really work with that. It feels like I don't have a direction to go. I want the direction to go. And I was like, okay, then tell me a direction you want to go. And that's the direction you will take. Mm -hmm. We will talk about this with the other players. I talked with the other players about this, obviously, and said to them, while it's okay to pursue all options, obviously, and pursue them in the, in the way you want to and all of that stuff, one of you has asked me to take a little bit more rain into giving you actionable things you can do instead of just saying, here's something, do whatever. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of taking a little bit of agency away because it was too much agency for them to do everything. And that was too much agency for them. So the thing is here, for different people, there are different thresholds of agency they want. Some people have no limit and say, I want the full sandbox experience. No plot hooks, no everything, just the world. The DM has nothing to do except react to me. That's okay. Not my style. I wouldn't be working with that. But hey, if it works for you, cool, let's go. And some others are like, hey, I just want a Friday game. I just want some epic fights. I just want some epic streamlined story. Give me whatever. Then the DM has a lot of options and a lot of agency themselves and the players might not. But there are different, right? That's something we didn't even touch on today. Agency already in the little things is implied. Creating your character mm -hmm. is a form of agency. Which spells oh, yeah. do I choose? Which fighting style? Which class do I choose? Every option you make in character creation is agency on your part because the DM didn't make that choice for you. You made oh, yeah. that choice for yourself. But that only as an aside. So the game itself gives you agency already in creating characters and creating backstories and creating parts. Some games have world building creation too baked into them. So that also gives you agency in the world and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I think there are different levels of agency some people want, and you need to know the level of agency your players want to find out how much agency you should give and where, in which areas you as a GM should or can pull a little bit and push and create for your own to make sure that your players and you at the table all have the best experience possible. Because more agency does not always equal better for everyone. Oh yeah, definitely. Basically done, right? We talked about also that it's okay to sometimes take agency away a bit at certain points, especially if it's okay for the players, especially if you if it has to be done, whatever that means. I don't want to get into that really, but just remember people, the spirit of these games is often shared storytelling. Yeah. That only happens if your players are allowed to influence stuff. Otherwise, you don't have shared you don't have a shared storytelling. You have storytelling and your players playing characters. Yeah. And remember the playground analogy. Your game is, the, remember, agency is the kid on the playground doing whatever it wants and making up whatever it wants on the fly, combining the playground however they want and and, and doing things in, in, in what order ever. That is kind of the best analogy for agency and TTRPGs because it's just to have the kid is there to have fun to, to to choose what it wants to do to have fun right parents take their kids to the playground not to instruct their kid you go swinging for 20 minutes they instruct their kid to just go and have fun i'm gonna exactly. sit, on the, sit on the bench and look at you for two hours while you let out all your anger and emotions and what all and then we can go home and eat and then you go to sleep whatever exactly but that is agency the, the kid had agency on that playground mm -hmm. it had fun because it was allowed to do whatever it wants on that playground and because it was able to engage with the options provided. Exactly. So I think that wraps up our episode on player agency. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Niels. It was a pleasure Hell to record yeah. this. Thank you all. Niels, please send us off for today with all our social media and websites and all of that stuff. Yeah. As per usual, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DoubleDMPod or you could visit our website at www.doubledm.com. You can donate to us on Ko-Fi if you would like so and please leave a review on the and please leave a review on the podcasting platform of your choice or the one you're listening on or whatever you want and hear you on the next one have a good day and bye 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 everyone